I'm going to get started. Welcome to Blockchain Bandwagon, the podcast where we explore the depths of blockchain, cryptocurrencies, and the technologies shaping of future. I'm your host, Chuck Chikori, and today we are going to talk about the future with blockchain technology. How does blockchain change the way we live, do business, and connect with others? So that's the topic of our, the day, and I am the founder of a blockchain startup, Together MDM. My product is a blockchain-based identity database for doctors. I'm here with my co-host, Brian. Brian and I like to research and study various aspects of biotech, bio, blockchain technology, and we share that with our audience. Now, let me hand it over to my co-host, Brian, who will introduce himself and give us a sneak peek into today's exciting Over to my co-host, Brian, who will introduce himself and give us a sneak peek into today's exciting discussion. discussion. Hello, Brian. Hey, Chuck. Good to see you again. Um, again, I'm Brian. Uh, I've been in the IT staffing business for over 25 years. Uh, and like Chuck, I'm, uh, I love blockchain and love uh, where the technology is going to take us and uh, the opportunities for the future. And, and like Chuck mentioned, today we're going to talk about what our ideas are around what the, the future may hold for uh, blockchain and, and the technology. Uh, but before we dive in, remember uh, to subscribe here to our podcast as well as it's on Spotify, Google, Apple, anywhere you can get your podcasts. We're here every Tuesday, 2 p.m., Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, that's all I got. Chuck, take it away. Thank you, Brian, uh, for the intro. And we are going to talk about future. Future is kind of a very hard. I see future is not certain, right? It's 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 a wonderful possibilities. And it can be anything. And we've been through so many technological revolutions in you know in our lifetimes right like from internet from different things and when we started when we wanted to talk about this i didn't know where to start you know how do i frame it because my fear was this when you talk about future right somebody listening to to this he's smoking some weed you know <laughs> this He's smoking some weed, you know. <laughs> or, or somebody might say, "Man, that is wise," you know. So it's it's hard. How do I get somebody to say he's not smoking weed? He's actually wise. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's a hard thing, right? I mean, we can speculate anything we want, but the thing is, how do we back it up? How do we reason? Um, you know, so I'm going to share what I did and I know, so I'm going to share what I did and I want to hear how you, <laughs> uh, I want to hear how you, uh, yeah, I'm interested to hear how you, uh, how you thought about this. For sure. Yeah. So I went back to a book I read a long time ago called a future shock by Alvin Toffler. Mm -hmm. right? And in this book, this is a very thought provoking book that uh, provides a framework for understanding the changes that are happening in society. This was uh, came in 1970, and it's still very relevant today, right? This book is about sociology, but not necessarily technology. But okay. he takes technology and says how technology will change society, right? Hmm. I mean, the book is very realistic, but it hmm. was also alarmist, right? The critics will say, because he paints a little bit scary picture, right? <laughs> right. Because back in 70s, Things were slow, laid back, and he was actually anticipating 
the rapid rate of change, right? And people can't adopt and people get, and he predicted a lot of stuff. Uh, and a similar analogy for that is culture shock, right? When you are used to certain things and things change rapidly, how do you adopt, mm-hmm. right? And he, he used the analogy of somebody like me, when I first came from India to US, it's a totally different culture, right? I, I, it was a culture shock. If I speak something, people don't understand. So he, he kind of explained future shock like that. But I think in our case, the future is changing so rapidly, at least the younger generations, they're so used to, because I know some people took a long time to adopt to cell phones, adopt to internet, right? And there's still some people who don't use internet. Right. Right. They're not comfortable or because, but then society has changed. So to summarize, this is what I thought. There are certain things about human beings that don't change. Like in a sense that the way we live, the things we like, you know, uh, how we work, the fact that we have to work doesn't change. The, the fact that we have to trade doesn't change. The fact that we have to connect with other people doesn't change. The fact that we have to uh, get information doesn't change, right? The fact that we have to make contracts doesn't change, right? That hasn't changed ever, right? People made contracts, people made money, people went to work, whether it's in factories or whether it's in offices. But what has changed with technology is how we do these things, right? Mm-hmm. How we did banking, 20 years ago to how we did banking today, right? How will we do banking with blockchain, right? How we do travel, because when we did travel, we used to go there and buy a ticket. Maybe then we had agencies. Now we do it online, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe our machines will do it for us. Who knows? It right. will not, you know? So I try to structure it like that. Like, okay, if blockchain comes into our lives, how does it change different aspects of things that humans always do that doesn't change? Make mm-hmm. sense? For sure. So that's how I went. What did you do? How did you go about when you got this problem? I, I didn't know what I was going to do, Chuck. I wasn't sure what, what I was going to, how I was going to go about it. Um, but it's like one of those things, kind of a thought upon a thought. It's that old uh, flywheel process, right? The, it's, it's hard to start and the thought upon thought. But once it starts rolling, you're like, okay, well, I got to understand where I want to go and kind of thought process and putting things together. So it's, it's that's kind of how I start. When I think of the future of, of anything, I'm not a huge futurist and not a huge, uh, hey, we're going to have flying cars in five years. Or we're going to be doing this or doing that. And um I'm not a big into that. I think of more when I think of the future, I think of, you know, opportunity. I think of, Hey, what opportunity is there? And, you know, there's future always is change. There's always change and there's change in the future. Um, so that's really the two things I kind of, I, I kind of looked around and Hey, what's going on now? What are some people saying? What did some people say, you know, back in 2016 or 17 and what was going to be in the future then, what did they think? And then what do they, you know, what are people now saying for the future and what do I think of the, you know, kind of mashing that all together. So that's what opportunity there is and, and things of that sort. So that's kind of how I went about it and how I thought about uh, the future of uh, the blockchain technology. Yeah, that's pretty interesting because I didn't even think of that. Like you're saying, okay, what new opportunities come, right? And what is the things that are going to change or likely to change? 
or more mm-hmm. probability. I think that's a that's a beautiful way to look at it. Actually, is that also is a good framework to s- try to make sense of what comes right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's with it, you know, as it's with a lot of things as it grows, you know, as things mm-hmm. grow and things uh, evolve. There's always things that may go away, but yeah. there's you know one thing may go away, but there's ten things to replace it with new and bigger and better opportunities. Um, that you don't even see or don't even know that's going to be there. You you can't predict. You can't even predict of what's going on. Um, but you kind of just push forward and you you know you look at the you know there's going to be opportunity. You just have to be ready to jump at an opportunity. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. Interesting, very interesting way. Because, but then how do you define an opportunity, right? Like when you say. Uh, so, like, I know with crypto, we know, right? Like, finance, people are making a lot of money already. Uh, opportunity in terms of uh, making money or creating new things or providing yes. services? Yes, all the above. So there could be, whether it's, uh, you know, Web3, whether it's, you know, building out an ecosystem, a new ecosystem, whether it's, build, you know, being a part of an ecosystem, whether it's be just creating a new something new that you can bring to, you know, a, a disruptor, right? That's a, you know, big term over the past, you know, 10 years or so, you know, hey, what's a disruptor and a, a new way of thinking. And usually when one person comes up with an idea or one person comes up with, you know, a kind of a disrupting idea, there's 10 other ones that come out with something different or something better or, or right. It's how to build the better mousetrap. It's not reinventing the mousetrap. It's building a better one. Um, so that's, that's how the, most of the great ideas come about is, is you're building on top of people and, um, you take those ideas and, and, uh, as the future goes, right. So as you move through your life, as you go from, you know, age 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50, there's new opportunities and new growth. And, and you have to understand kind of what's, what's going to go on. Uh, you have to, you have to be very, I guess what I'm saying is you gotta be very mindful of what's going on, um, to, take part in it. All right. It doesn't have to be all monetary, right? You can be like, okay, save the whales. Um, you can come up with a, you know, Hey, use blockchain to track, you know, whale movement and, um, consumption of fuel and all that kind of great. Right. So there's a hundred different things that would go into something of just one simple thing of save the whales. There's a bunch of things that can go into that. So it's really understanding. This is the beauty of it, right? So the idea of saving the whales, wasn't there 100 years ago, right? Right, yeah, exactly. After the idea of saving the whale suddenly popped up. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> From somewhere. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? The whole industry around, right? There's there's yeah. stuff around that. So there's there's things around that that, that pop yeah. up that, you know, hey, I might, oh, save the whales. Well, that doesn't really interest me, but wow, I, I'm interested in the environment of why whales might be dying so what does that entail? I can track, you know, uh, know carbon emissions from the shipping routes that go from Los Angeles to China. You know, what does that look like? Is there any, re- I don't know, there's a ton of different opportunities you can do. Um, yeah. There are ideas that come out of some, such a simple thing. Yes. So basically, not just this technology, but any technology, right? I think to summarize to even how it creates opportunities and how it creates change is basically it's changing certain things uh, like it convenience, time, mm-hmm. cost, effort, right. right? The speed with which we can do things, right? right? The how quickly we can do things. 
how mm-hmm. cheaper this and then how pervasive we can like you know how many more we can include how many more people we can include right right exactly. in whatever it is right mm-hmm. i think that i think is a uniform for any technology at any age for sure right and i think blockchain is one of the things we are excited about is it's actually going in that same direction it is making it things certain things convenient it is making certain things faster it is making people more involved so yeah so it's it's a there's only a few times really in human history there's been like paradigm shifts right there's a, you know there's 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 only a few times and you know having the internet where you have access to an entire world um at your fingertips basically was a, was a big paradigm shift for people right so it connected people from the deepest parts of africa to you sitting in the middle of kansas right i mean that's just it connects people you can connect people and connect things and connect goods and services so that's on one level i think this is a new paradigm shift and a new way to think and a new way where it's you know not controlled by an entity it's controlled by people and it's really bringing back that concept so i have a question on access and availability right i want to give you an analogy when there was no books when there was no printing press right mm-hmm. the information was available to only a very few elite academicians who spoke yeah. actually or something right yep and once the book came there was more people have access to it right then exactly. that to only for people who can read then we have radio right then there was more information available across mm-hmm. then there was television then there was internet right with every one of them more and more people got access to information and things like that mm-hmm. now what do you think blockchain is giving access to so what is bringing not right now but in 10 years or in 20 years what mm-hmm. how is blockchain working in that dimension like so it's 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 very right the big term now is right inclusive and and things of that sort well it is it is very inclusive because anybody can be involved and anybody can invest anybody can uh have a portion of something or they can get in or they can send be a part of a uh a a larger ecosystem per se that we talked about a couple of weeks ago um of of the world and of what you are interested in the area you're interested in it's not you're not left out now if you're like oh man i would love to buy some real estate wherever i'd love to have some real estate in new york well i can't afford that right i can't afford that if i'm anywhere a lot of people can't afford it but within an ecosystem like the blockchain um with that technology with tokenization uh you can have portions of that and you can have portions of many different like real estate you can have portions of of um of paintings you can have portions of uh basically anything your mind is it's endless endless opportunity so 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 i i i love that idea because let me just summarize that so when i was thinking this dimension access right i was thinking more like right now compute is only with big companies right like google or microsoft or government or, you know mm-hmm. they have the compute power now right. you can deploy any app on any blockchain right and have access to compute yep right from anywhere that is one right. and then the, what you said was also really fascinating i have access to assets right 
I have access to uh, uh, owning a building in New York. Mm-hmm. Right? I may never be there, but I'll get my rent. You know what I mean? I don't have to be physically in New York. I need to. I don't need to know people in New York to be right. able to own and get rent on that property. Right. Yeah. So I can own a piece of that to whatever my ability is. Right, and that's very inclusive, right? So it takes yeah from the poor to the very rich. Everybody can be combined as one, right? Buying a whether it's buying property or like you said, renting out places or it's endless, endless. Only the mind is limited. Yeah. But once you have that idea of that, you have ownership globally, right? Previously, Mm -hmm. you can't really get that global ownership because if you buy a property, you have to come and see it and you have to do it. Mm -hmm. Then you can actually look at blockchain and say, Hey, this is a good property on sale. Or I want a piece of that. Right. And And you can invest. And the great thing is, right. So, Another great thing is, is um, it will be, it, it's, you have a token, which says that you own that piece of whatever piece of whatever it is, and it's completely liquid. So you can liquidate it any time. It's not like it's yeah. static and you have to go through an agent and you have to go through all that. It's completely liquid. Oh, so, yeah. Even like a, that's interesting. So you also bring a lot of liquidity into yes. illiquid assets. Right. Right, which is can really, wow, it can really hasten economies. Right, right. That so it brings a lot of prosperity actually. For sure, which, it, right, so it can, it, just opportunity, like I said, it's the future is about opportunity. So, you know, when people say, oh, I, well, I don't care about opportunity. Well, do you care about living, right? So do you, you care about, you know, you have to participate. You're not looking to participate in the society. So, you know, A, as we evolve and we move on, uh, you have to decide kind of what you're going to do, right? I mean, I'm all for no, doing I, You're right, though. You're 100% correct. Now that uh, that capability to sell assets, now there will be a thousand businesses, each an opportunity to do different trades in different areas, right? Somebody may be doing building, somebody may be doing art, somebody may be sure. doing some, some other sense of ownership, right? And also yeah. we talked about last week, when we talked about voting, you know, mm-hmm. that leads into the way we govern ourselves right now, right? Mm-hmm. I yep. think yep. that also has a big impact because that governance cannot be automated. You know what I mean? Right. Because previously, let's say, now let's talk about automation, right? How, yeah. what can be automated with blockchain that couldn't be automated before, right? Uh, previously, most of the governance is manual. Right. Whether mm-hmm. we man- we manage ourselves using internet or paper or however we manage, whatever right. technology we use, right. we still have to govern ourselves. That means somebody has to make decisions, somebody has to do this, right. Right? somebody has to look at data, somebody has to build consensus, mm-hmm. right? somebody has to get everybody's agreement, right. and then make a proper contract and get some things done. All yep. that can be automated the whole governance mechanisms can be automated Yep. in a very transparent, secure way. Right. Right. I mean, that really will make a big difference in how people organize themselves. Yeah. I mean, is there any, 
was there any specific thing like you're like, wow, I didn't even think of that. Or as you were thinking about, you know, whether it's 2030 or 2040 or 2050 or hey, what does the future hold? Was there anything that you're like, wow, I didn't even think of that. Or wow, that could, if this thing. I, I, I did think of one right now in USA, right? There are 370,000 homeowner associations. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, what a joy that is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, everybody, like 53% of Americans are in some kind of a homeowner association, mm -hmm. right? And they usually pay 250 per month. In <laughs> right. Right. And I've been in quite a few of them with so many, pro <laughs> in every property I had, like I, went, I was in some homeowners association, right? And then there are again politics. Sure, right? of course. There's exactly. like, what do we spend on? What do we not spend on? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of manual. And then the homeowner's manual is like 400 pages long. Every time you buy and sell, you have to <laughs> sign off on that document. Right. Right. Yep. Right. And then it's a very highly regulated. Right. Now think about if that can be automated and mm -hmm. made it, uh, going back to my governance concept. Right. Right. It, it, it's a decentralized atomic organization. Then if you're a member of that, you're mm -hmm. automatically get a vote to participate anybody can put a proposal anything get then you know the vendors right. are already paid automatically it can be done a lot of it because mm -hmm. homeowners associations make a lot of money right they're like right they cost a lot and they're coming from people's pockets right right and that's a huge impact i think that i really feel like there will be a startup who specialized in HOA software. You know? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Right? Uh, th that, I think, is really big. Right. I agree. Yeah. And then, so that, I think, I think that's coming uh, in 10 years, in 2033. That's how I feel. For sure. Right? Because right. that's that's a real ROI there mm -hmm. in, in that space. Then there is a Process problems, right? Like when I say process, uh, because we know blockchain is very built in trust into the system, mm -hmm. right? Which is very hard to manage outside. Right. Uh, the other thing that I thought about, tell me what you think. Right now, whenever I get a job or somebody is hired, there is a verification of education verification, there's location verification, previous job verification. Yeah, have you ever tried to track down education stuff and just, you know, whether it's yeah. transferring or like you said, for a new job, that's ridiculous. So right. yeah. That is so much goes on. And some yes. of the countries like India, they don't even have a solid system. Like right. Here, right. I mean, for them to build something like what we have here, which was mm -hmm. involved over a lot of times, and a lot of it is kind of automated because some of these background checks, they have these databases. Right? right. If they did a background check on me, they probably have a lot of things already collected. Most of it doesn't change, but you know, if some that right. is got hacked or I don't have any way to question it. Right. Right. If they have a wrong database, there's no way to. But all of that can be on blockchain. Right. Right. If there is a system or there is a blockchain just for every school puts and even when kids send their ACT transcripts, mm -hmm. they have to mail it, right? Right. They've made some progress with the internet in the last five years where they load it, upload it once, and then they share it. But it's still localized to a few universities. Right. 
right? The UC system does it, but they didn't do it five years ago. They just did it like last two years. Right. Like they're, and they're constantly changing with, you know, every new feature they add for that. Oh, but yeah. all of that can be on blockchain. For sure. Right? And the credentialing, verification, accreditation, right? All of that, I think, is also a good candidate. Right. I mean, by the way, I'm bringing up all the topics that we didn't already talk about in our <laughs> podcast. We already talked about, like, supply chain transparency, how supply chains are going to improve, mm-hmm. yep. right? Uh, and then we, we already talked about marketplaces where people can trade on different exchanges. Mm-hmm. Right? And we already talked, I mean, not just us, but a lot of people are talking about it, how electronic health records will be on blockchain, mm-hmm. right? So out of that, so what else do you think are good opportunities? So I thought of, I, I guess I took a little, I, went about it a little different. Whereas, yeah, I kind of thought of some of the same thing in some areas you did a little bit, but I kind of went back and looked at the podcast as well. Like, Hey, what have we talked about and what that, then what, like by 2030, if this is going to be adoption by 2030, you know, Hey, what really needs to overcome and what does the blockchain need to look like by then? And do I believe it will happen? Right. So scalability was a, a big one, right? Scalability and interoperability. Those are two big ones, you know, so scaling, faster transactions, better transactions, um, uh, new ways to do things, things of that sort. So, you know, I think by 2030, that'll be that that will be something that's taken care of. Right. So that scalability would be figured out. Um, Interoperability to some to some extent will be figured out. Right. So uh, different blockchains can talk to each other. Uh, I think mainstream adoption. I think as regulations start to come in and as as there's actually a, some type of framework around uh, around all this stuff, um, people become a little more trustworthy over the next you know six and a half years, and uh, it'll be a lot more mainstream. Uh, I mean, DeFi evolution will explode just as it has. I think it'll just take it to another level where basically every single bank and every single entity and people are. Uh, doing finance in a completely different way of like we mentioned tokenization of assets uh inclusion for everyone and anybody can get in you know fractional ownership opportunities uh i i think that's that will definitely be here uh privacy and confidentiality we've talked about that zero knowledge proofs and and uh uh, like i've already talked about the regulation and governance uh User-friendly interfaces. Uh, I think that will be uh, that will be around, and that will be part of it going mainstream. Is where it's very user-friendly, and it's not some Web three and blockchain is in some scary scary terms anymore. Uh, and right, security security is always an issue, and I think uh, security with that uh, addition of AI and and uh, machine learning will even take it to a new level. Right, so you have the analytics well, Right. There's other emerging technologies like AI, you know? Yeah, Robot. exactly. I think, and I think, uh, you know, if, if you extrapolate it out to 2050 uh, with AI, machine learning, quantum computing, uh, you know, all these terms that you've heard over the past several years and you're like, what the hell is all this stuff? What's going on? Uh, 
Well, I think they're all coming together to make something that's and, and robotics. Oh, I forgot about robotics. Robotics is another area that's uh, that's going to be pretty big and automating pretty much anything that can be automated. Uh, so there is a lot of different things that can be. I mean, as we explore further into space, even you know, hey, that's that's uh, another area of you know qu- you know opportunity and whatnot. And and uh, I was reading some ideas about virtual you know virtual nations, so you can be a you know, di- a digital citizen in a virtual nation that you actually have certain rights and responsibilities within that quote nation. Uh, it's really, it's some interesting things that I don't think are too outlandish. I, I don't think it's outlandish, but when you said virtual nation, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we talk about politics of the podcast, but when I think about the government, right? Why do mm-hmm. we have a government? Right, it, it it is there for a couple of things in my mind, right? To protect my property, my person, right, from abuse by others, and then whether it's an economic situation or a physical situation, right? They have some kind of a law and order, and then they also have uh, certain rules so that they we can cohabitate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So one is my protection. And then there are certain gov- 